0: Everyone and welcome to "What Would My Shrink Say," a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Hey, Todd, Dr. Wagner, we are going to talk about helping others help themselves. So, I get asked this a lot mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in one form or another. Usually, it comes in the form of like I've got someone in my life who's struggling, usually emotionally, some kind of mental health or emotional kind of struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, And usually, the person is coming from the place of I've tried a bunch of stuff and it hasn't really worked or it's made things worse. And but I still really care about this person. I want to be helpful because they're really struggling. Um, So how do I? How can we help other people help themselves? Um, And I know this is this is a really it's kind of a broad topic. Sometimes that's good for us to kind of take on these um, these kind of more, look at kind of more general principles on, on sort of a big level because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. what it lacks in specificity, maybe it, um, it's it got the advantage of um, applicability, right? Lots of people can, I think everybody can relate to this idea of, I wish I could be more helpful to, to someone in my life. Sure. To help them help themselves. Sure. Is this something, like, do you, do you hear about this as well? Like, does this
1: come up for you? Oh, yeah, yeah. It seems like, you know, especially if you've seen someone for a little while, you know, um you're you're bound to go through some period of their life where somebody else in their life is struggling and they mm-hmm. come in and they're like oh you know my my daughter all of a sudden has developed some yeah. panic disorder what do i tell her what mm-hmm. do i you know she's really having a hard time doing these things and yeah
0: yeah and it's one of the sort of double-edged swords of therapy i think and i think most um in most cases a good result of therapy is kind of increased self-awareness. You kind of understand how certain um, emotional or kind of mental patterns play out. And I think a lot of the time that translates to a more general awareness of that sort of thing in other people. So you start to notice like, oh, I kind of see why this is such a problem for them and why they're like, I didn't see it before, but clearly they have a lot of anxiety and that's why we keep getting in these frustrating arguments or something like that
1: yeah as patients start to form their own way of thinking about their thoughts and emotions and how that mm -hmm. impacts their behavior they also are able to see some patterns in other people yeah which is great
0: but it's also it can be hard if you like see this thing but don't feel equipped to actually do anything (laughs) right you're like i know it it well
1: i kind of know what's going on there yeah how do i fix it right (laughs) yeah
0: um so i don't know like where do you where do you start kind of um Helping people with this, or or how do you help people? Because I, this is not the kind of thing where we're just going to have like, we'll do this, this, and this, or say X, Y, and Z, right? It's I think it's more about how to think about the problem and like kind of general principles, maybe. So I don't know where where would you start with this question of how do you help other people help themselves?
1: Um, I think unfortunately this might be a situation where I get really shrinky, and <laughs> um, I talk more about the client and their their. Um, Stated need to help somebody and and Mm. how it is they think they can help and what what it is they want to do to help, you know, or Mm -hmm. what are their goals there.
0: Um, Yeah. So the the impulse would be like, oh, yeah, okay, tell me about your, you know, your sister in law who's really struggling with whatever. Yeah. Um, But what you're saying is actually you would want to explore that person's own kind of desire to help more and kind of flesh that out a little bit more.
1: Yeah. Before we, you know, because sometimes there are technical kinds of, hey, you know, you can do these things and, 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 um, so even if it's a situation where that my client might be able to do some things um I think first I'd I you know it's one of those questions you turn back on someone and you say what well, why why do you feel the need to help this person and what's um so, the why, so
0: this is a good like uh, teachable moment, I think, because that's that it's almost a cliche. It's a joke that like that's what shrinks do is they just they don't actually tell you anything. They just like spit your own questions back at you. <laughs> right, right. And right. then you, you pay them a check <laughs> at the end of the session. <laughs> um, but but presumably there's a good reason for for doing this. So what's in your mind, what is sort of the justification or the the utility in in doing that and kind of reflecting this back and and helping them? Unpack that a little bit more.
1: Well, well, I think in therapy, a lot of the times the client comes to you with, with what they think the solution is to a problem. Um, it, it just so happens that that's why they're coming to you in the first place, too. You know, the, the, the solutions they keep finding to their problem aren't working. Aren't helping. Yeah. And so a lot of times um, helping other people is a pretty prominent behavior in lots of different types of disorders. Um, what do you mean? Unpack that a little bit um people with anxiety you know the 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 fear and the the worry um is controllable if you can control the people around you so someone oh, with anxiety m- might be looking for help from you to control a relationship or something like that so they don't feel nervous or anxious right um and so if you don't explore the reasons uh why they they're coming or why they're thinking about this problem why they want help with it then you might be just kind of colluding with them to reduce anxiety that might be yeah. somewhat an opportunity for them to expose to. and
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is really helpful too. in It's almost kind of diagnostic in the sense of I want to understand when someone comes to me and says, I want to help somebody, before we dive into what can you actually do, I want to understand how much like, sort of what they think of their expectations basically for mm-hmm. what actually needs to be helped and the degree to which that is something they can do. Because yeah. I think it, in my experience, um, a lot of people have very unrealistic beliefs about the degree to which they can help other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, if you if they're not aware of those, they can end up in... Patterns are sort of repeated situations where they it's like you said, you keep trying something that's not working, but because you have this belief that like, well, I ought to be able to help this person, you keep doing it and and sometimes it just actually makes it worse.
1: Worse or you become deflated or dejected and, or yeah, yeah, resentful. And yeah. So there's lots of um uh or or let's th- let's say that your client is just asking you this out of purely humanitarian yeah. r- reasons, you know, and just wants to help a friend um understanding that and understanding what their expectation is of that help that they're going to be able to offer or um uh what their how they think they're going to help this mm-hmm. situation um is just kind of necessary because if you think you're going to control someone's drinking problem let's say right. um that 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 that's pretty profound that's probably not going to happen as their yep. neighbor or something you know so yep. um so if, if nothing else kind of even if it's just purely for Helpful reasons um, you want to you want to kind of gauge the expectations of your client, and
0: I often find it helpful to to get people to talk more about their motivations for being helpful. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, the simple explanation is like someone's suffering, you want to be helpful, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, like and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think you can get a little more nuanced with it. And and one of the kind of distinctions that I find helpful is figuring out does this person want to be helpful primarily because they They literally want to be helpful or because they feel like they need to be helpful or they should they should yeah, yeah, yeah. and those are um different things actually, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. implications can be pretty um pretty profound down the line because when you're when you're acting from a place of I have to do this or else something bad will happen that's very different than like I would like this to be helpful um but it's I'm not compelled to do it. Yeah. yeah. Your, your behavior and how you come across and the decisions you make are often actually going to be really different depending on those, which of those motivations is primary Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and how
1: you reflect back upon that behavior as well. Yeah. Um, uh, one thought I had as well is that, um, you know, even if you're wanting to be helpful, um, there's still kind of an origin of guilt sometimes that's motivating mm-hmm. people right like oh I, I like that fake guilt that you talk about yeah. is really big here where it's like I feel empathy or or compassion for somebody and and it just makes me feel kind of gnarly and so I'm going to kind of feel responsible for it too it's, in a way where it's like I'm going to fix that because I just don't want right. to feel that bad um I didn't do anything wrong I didn't wrong this person but I just don't like that they feeling that way so I'm just going to mm-hmm. fix that so I don't have to feel that kind of guilty feeling too and um, that, I'm glad you brought up the, the idea of fixing because this is probably the biggest
0: dilemma I see with this with this issue of uh, people trying to help other people is like so a common example I, I had this client once who um, a father who had a son who was really struggling in a couple areas of his life um, and just felt awful about how much his son was struggling right mm-hmm. certainly he was feeling sad for him sure. but mostly he was feeling like what you were just describing which is this like guilt, like I've done something wrong mm. and I need to fix this. In reality, it didn't really have anything to do with him. Yeah. But he felt this kind of what I would call fake guilt. Mm-hmm. Now this is important actually because, the, because he was coming from a mindset of I've done something wrong, that translated to a very intense um, mindset of I need to fix this. Right. The problem with that is that fix it attitude was understandably perceived by his son. So the dad was constantly trying to basically fix his son, and the son, understandably, was more and more feeling like there's something really wrong with me because mm-hmm. my dad keeps trying to fix me, yeah. like literally. And it ended up compounding the problem and making and it ended up making it worse. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's the, it's the dad's fault; like he didn't, he didn't realize it. sure. like, this. Like this is kind of subtle nuance. Yeah, stuff, and maybe he's
1: not aware, or or maybe you're enabling some really awful. Uh, you know, maladaptive behavior because you feel bad about a situation, and you're constantly fixing the the mistakes of somebody, um, and it could be kind of a weird form of like codependency yeah. where you're just kind of.
0: So I think it's super critical to be really clear on the difference between when you feel bad for someone else because it's something we all say like oh I just mm-hmm. felt so bad for them. It's really clear to understand: do I feel sad or do I feel pity? that they are suffering, mm-hmm. right, and that that is unfortunate, but it doesn't, there isn't necessarily anything, my relationship to that is, I haven't caused the suffering, right? Right. Um, that's a very different thing than, you no, know, I did something wrong, I really neglected some sort of responsibility. I broke that it. thing, yeah, yeah whatever um, it is. Mm-hmm. So it's the, like, emotional self-awareness there, I think, is actually really important because it's, it's going to profoundly affect how you go about helping this person, mm-hmm. and whether you end up doing it in a way that is actually constructive and helpful, or a way that unintentionally makes the problem worse.
1: Yeah, yeah. How, how about this presentation, okay. uh, or this variation of this? Um, it, if Have you ever had a client who's very much a helper, always trying to help everybody? Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to end up in therapy a lot. <laughs> they do, I, and I don't they mean really that do pejoratively. Know. It's, I, mean, it's, I mean, it's really, well, maybe this will explain yeah, why. Keep going. Um, and when they talk about their helping behavior in a way, they'll defend it by saying there's nothing wrong with helping people. And I am in a position where I can do some of these you things. You can't help right? someone you should, right? There it is. Right. <laughs> if you can't help someone, you should. Um,
0: and maybe even I'm bad if I don't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> or, or, I hijacking here. Yeah, yeah. Way to go.
1: <laughs> um, or, or this like, um, yeah, if I, if I, in a, in a position to do that, I should, you know? Right. Um, and then often there's a real resentment and frustration sometimes with, with individuals like this, because other people aren't like this. you know other know. people aren't doing the same thing. And, it, and it's almost as if they've written these rules too, where um, they feel compelled. To help. It's not that they do it out of the goodness of their heart sometimes. It's really because they feel like they have to because they're in that position or whatever it is. And there's a sense of obligation there, not a sense of like volunteerism or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. hey, I want to do this. It's like this resentful, I should or I have to because I can. You I know. see this a lot with parents and kids. Mm. One parent, the one parent comes to me
0: and says, "I have given up everything to help my kid, right? <laughs> I've given up my job, I've, do, you know, everything, changed everything, and my husband hasn't done anything, you know, or my wife hasn't done it. They're just kind of doing their thing and like, mm-hmm. and there's this profound resentment mm-hmm. which then leads to problems in that relationship too." Yeah. But it comes back to your point of it's so important to know the difference between is this something I'm doing because I think it's the right thing to do, or is it something that i'm I'm compelled to do,
1: right, yeah, yeah, because if you want to walk onto a plane and give everybody a thousand bucks that's on there, out of the goodness of your heart, more power to you, <laughs> but if you're doing that because you have a lot of money and you feel like you should do it, well, that's something very different, you know and and the that act becomes very different, where it's a you know something that's being compelled of you, where you feel yeah. like, God, oh, I just have to do this thing because I should or whatever it is, and the idea that, hey, you know what, here's what I want to do and it's a choice. Yeah. So it takes away a lot of the choice on these helping behaviors. Yeah, yeah.
0: and I think, to be clear, I think, I think both can be true. Like, I think you can be doing, you can both feel compelled, like have a sense of duty or obligation and be doing something because you think it's the right thing to do. I don't right. think those are mutually exclusive. Of but course I, not, of But course I think But yeah. I, I think that we're focusing so much on this, maybe statistically kind of an edge case because it's so... Um, it 's so subtle but so toxic if you if you happen to fall into it, which is that often not all, not always by any means, but often obligation this feeling of especially if it 's inappropriate right this sense of obligation can lead to subtle but important changes in how you go about helping the other person mm-hmm, mm-hmm. such that it ends up backfiring basically right? yeah so I'll, 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 the way I think about this often in kind of broad strokes is our capacity to actually help other people in, in meaningful ways is far more limited than we like to admit. Mm-hmm. I think just as a general principle, we, we can't just change people nearly as much as we would like. Yeah. And, and I think that's, it's a hard fantasy to kind of give up. Yeah. We, we are very limited in the degree to which we can, and usually the extent to which we can help people is very indirect. We can support people, mm-hmm. but it's very, you can't just like grab someone by the hand and say, here, I mean, like, stop right. being an alcoholic. Or like, here, stop like getting in fights with your spouse all the time. Or like, it's, it's just, right. it, we don't have. So usually, to me, and I, I wanna see what you think about this, what ends up being the most helpful in a lot of these situations is learning how to be um, kind of validating and supportive in an indirect way. Mm-hmm. is often the most helpful way you can actually help someone else help themselves. But it it feels like not enough to most people. And so they go overboard and they start making, trying to like force someone to change or, or kind of passive aggressively that kind of comes out. Like they, the other person feels like Oh God, like my like you know my mom or dad like really wants me to change, and I just like for whatever reason I can't, and I just feel worse about myself, and now I kind of resent them too, and now there's more conflict with yeah, us, and like yeah. you see how these things just like build and build and build, yeah, so it goes back to this principle of sometimes trying harder makes things worse
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and that often the best way to help someone involves a very uh delicate touch and approach,
1: yeah, yeah, I tell my clients you can validate support and hold accountable Hmm. and then any behavior beyond that is really what you're genuinely okay doing
0: uh walk through those three real quick validate support and hold accountable. yeah
1: learn to really be a good listener to the person you want to help Mm -hmm. right uh validate what's valid about what they're going through and what they're experiencing
0: which sorry i don't know if you agree with this but i think you can basically sum that up and say like, stop giving so much advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that'll get you 90% <laughs> of the way there in terms of being a Don't good give listener a lot of advice. and being validating, <laughs> right? right? Just say, man,
1: that is tough. How are you going to? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and
0: and that, then, okay, and this... then
1: beyond that, if, if you want to run to the store for him to get this or that or fill out that form form, it's up to you. But, but, mm-hmm. you know, really understand why you're doing it and what you think it'll accomplish, you know, and, and then just be really clear about what you're willing and unwilling to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's, um, it's funny the the listen the being you, when you mentioned being a good listener like, I I actually think in a lot of cases that is, in terms of a practical thing you can do to be supportive of someone else that is it yeah learn to learning learning how to really be a good and that it doesn't it doesn't mean like you sit there and then you give them a good advice obviously that's just not listening it's not yeah, that's <laughs> but not, it also yeah. doesn't mean you just sit there with like a stupid smile on your face and like nod mm-hmm. all the time right? yeah. it means well the, the, I don't know there there are a few things to it but. The, the first is like genuinely trying to understand right. the other person. Like what yeah. is, not like what you think they should do or what you think the problem is. Yeah. Try to understand from their point of view what the problem is and yep. why it's hard for them. Yep. And the, whether you figure it out or not, and you probably won't completely, the act of doing that is going to mean a lot to the person sitting across yeah. from you yeah. especially if it's done consistently
1: and can just help them think through that problem i think in a lot of ways it's kind of what we do In a, in a <laughs> it's, it's like a, all we do let me help you think <laughs> through this in, in a way that makes work sense for you um but yeah i think just really being a good listener and you're exactly right it has nothing to do with your opinion it's all let me really understand this from the perspective of this other person yeah and what are the moving parts in here
0: and i think the real this is kind of subtle but i I think one of the really powerful aspects of this that actually can be really helpful in helping someone else help themselves is it, it is validating and ultimately empowering for someone you care about to, to listen to your struggles without implying that you are there's something wrong with you for struggling, which I know most people don't intentionally do that. But when you start giving tons of advice and like grilling people on why aren't you doing this and why aren't you doing this, mm-hmm. it makes them feel like a problem. And mm-hmm. when they've already got problems, feeling like a problem on top of having problems is just debilitating. Yeah, it's a good way to never get out of the problem.
1: Or or, or, it, or it almost just lends a megaphone to someone to repeat your problem back to you, and you're you know like <laughs> you're not doing good enough. Right. And right. Do, it's like oh no, I've just got this mirror held up to my own gnarly, judgmental voice in my head. Yeah. yeah.
0: So yeah, I think uh, it's funny. I would not have expected this is where we ended up with this conversation, but like, <laughs> be, a, be a good listener. Like yeah. that, you know, I, I think that takes care of maybe 80% of the cases right there. Is for most people,
1: it's probably the single best thing they could learn to do. Hey, everyone. Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.